Champagne Soccer, the crew is back. Everybody's here. We got a special guest pulling up in a few minutes. But what's going on, everybody? What's happening, though? What a weekend. What a day. For sure. For oh, sure. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, crazy. What a weekend. What a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Is man. That, <laughs> Salute to man, everybody tuning in. Whoa, oh, I mean, you know, wow. I know. Okay. Yeah, Marcus Whoa. is in the best mood. We're going to get there real soon, but I just got to say, Salute to everybody tuning in. Either it's your first time, your hundredth time. We've been potting now for a year, basically. Going tomorrow, February 22nd, when the pot is out. It's been a year since the Doyen Wave Network launched. So salute to everybody tuning in for the first time, last time. There's going to be more coming. Hey, man, we only getting started. So like Marcus said, we might as well get it in, man. The game of the week. <laughs> I thought Anfield was going to get it rocking positively. They did. They had the fireworks clay to see from. Y'all saw it, Anthony. They were popping it all night, Man. like 4th of July. Yeah. They got active. Yeah, but... Blancos was mad, boy. Fireman Madrid came through and put that fire out fast. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah man. Blancos didn't take that well. <laughs> For sure. So, Amen. Real Madrid yeah. five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool two. Marcus, you, you are a soldier for coming on. Thank you. So, hey man, what what did you feel? I know you felt good seeing that first goal. It was beautiful. The play between Salah and Nunes for the first goal. Break that down. How the game started. What did you like from the team? Well, first off, uh, I, I, I'm gonna name my my appearance today. We wanted to play metal, but we ended up play, being punk. That's the way I felt about that game. But um, we started off kind of hot, like how you said. It was like the best Gakpo, the best Nunez, the best Salah I seen all year. Everybody was motivated. Uh, we get the first goal, a legit goal. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm actually hype. I'm in the office walking around. I'm acting a fool. I got Germans telling me we weren't going to get no goal today. Then we get uh, Cortos. He he give us a little payback from the Champions League. I think we good, you know. Then, then the shit start to go left. You know what I mean? Like, we, we weren't clinical enough. It was like a 20-minute spurt, honestly, where we looked good. And then I would say, shit. They start playing long balls. Hendo looking trash, not covering for Trent, getting exposed. What is that? Then we got a fab on the ground, not finishing tackles. We got a 37-year-old man out here making both of them look like fools. I got a list of dudes I'm done with. It's Hendo, Fab, Gomez, and Millie. I don't need to see them on the pitch no more. Mm. This was embarrassing, bro. Like, we, how, how you come out of halftime, you got the fans still behind you, and you ain't even getting another goal, bro. Yeah. You got dudes out here playing FIFA, doing the run-up button, canceling it. Benzema goal, he just shooting the shit, and he going in by look. Like, that shit was crazy to me. At that mm. point, I walked out the room. Mm. What do you think about 
uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, he's been a scapegoat during the season for his, you know, lack of defensive effort. A lot of people feel like that um, Vinicius, who has, what, five goals against Liverpool, the most in Champions League history, they think a lot of it has to do with Trent not being able to keep up with him. What do you think about that? I think it's funny, more and more playing football manager, I feel like it show you the tactics. And it's just Ancelotti being like a good tactician in that sense. Like they are counter-pressing team. They know we're gonna get we trying to get up both our fullbacks. Trent can't, what is it? We got two guys covering that space. They got three guys up front. You know what I mean? Benzema plays in space, so you don't know where he's gonna pop up. Then yeah. you got a whole island. You know what I mean? So in that sense, it's not even Trent being exposed. It's shit. It's the tactics. You got three on two. Who going to win that all day long? So, I mean, I actually thought Trent did decent. I thought, uh, what was that? That one one-on-one with Virgil van Dyke was decent. But, like, yeah. we got beat on some funny shit. Like, the free kick. How you get beat on your own shit? We did on Barcelona. Like, that shit was wild to me, man. Yeah. Cletus, what did you think when you saw uh, Alaba get subbed off due to injury in the 27th minute? Nacho coming on. Did you think that uh, that could have weakened the Real Madrid defense? And what do you think about uh, that performance by them after the Alaba injury? They really stepped up. Yeah, it's kind of weird because to lose somebody as big as Alaba, as you know, as strong as he is in defense, I was a little bit confused. But for Nacho to come in and for Liverpool not to abuse him, that was, like, really weird to me. Um, overall, the match, I feel like Liverpool started with, like, a lot of energy. They were really – they were prepared for the game. But I feel like once that that first goal went in for Madrid, it was like they kind of switched off. And then once the second went in, it's like their confidence was just back to zero. It's like they're – back in the league they're playing against I don't know Southampton or something but they just look like like look horrible and one thing when we was all like in those little Twitter spaces earlier today um something I heard somebody say and I agree with was that Klopp's like his substitutes substitutions has been very kind of iffy recently um looking at that game I don't see a reason as to why you would have took Nunez off for Jota it just it didn't make any sense to me Jota hasn't been playing he's not in form uh, with Nunez, like he's he's so like direct and he has so much speed, and it's kind of hard to like you know control him one v one. And I don't, I think Carvajal was kind of struggling at first playing him, so I don't see why like Klopp took him off uh, second half. That just it slowed down the game for Liverpool a lot too. Where Ephraim, you pointed it out in our group chat. It was a couple blunders by the Brazilian international goalkeepers. Ederson and Allison, what did you make of those uh, those blunders and the game overall? I mean, I think with my bad, I think with uh, goalies like that, you're not surprised to see those kind of mistakes happen every once in a while. You just hope they don't happen in these kind of moments, right? Like these big games, that's the thing, because both Ederson and Allison make mistakes every once in a while. We've seen them in, in like cup games. We've seen them in league games and stuff. But you just hope it's not in something like as crucial as like the Champions League uh, uh, matches where you got to have aggregate to to advance. So 
I mean, I'm not surprised. It's just unfortunate it happened. I mean, unfortunate for Liverpool. I, you know, me, you know, I'm scousers. I, I don't really care that they uh, that they win. So, you know, <laughs> them losing is great for me. So, it, it but uh, yeah, man, it, it's just gonna happen with these kind. With when you have aggressive goalies, you know, these goals like to play out the back or you know like to you know come off their line a lot. Yeah, it just happens. So I don't know. It's wild. Hey, uh, hey Dan, I'll say the one I had questions was I think it was the fourth goal when Benzema was on the break. Like why why did he come out? Like I didn't mm. understand that. Like you let yes. Brazier was back. Everybody, it was like two dudes was back because they yeah. tried to get in the goal for him. It didn't make no sense. He had so I, much space to shoot. I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that one, Marcus. When I was watching it real time and I saw that, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you had Van Dyke back there, you had Gomez back there still. Like he, it was no need for him necessarily come up like that. So, and then he, then he got body, he got uh, sat down, <laughs> and so it was inevitable that Benzema, uh, Benzema was going to score that goal. So, yeah, big two big mistakes by uh, Allison today. Word, Anthony, it's kind of crazy that uh, Kareem Benzema's first two goals of the Champions League campaign happened today, but. What did you think about his performance and uh, the match overall? That's that was almost an instant classic, man. Yeah, I'm uh, reactivating my case, uh, trying to find out what's under the the tape. You got to find out what Juju's he, he's using <laughs> on his wrists. Um, but all seriousness, he he's a baller. I want to specifically point out the second goal, how he. It was like, what, step over, step over. He broke down like three defenders and then moved it to his left and glanced up and then still put it to the near post on the left. It was amazing. He's He is the best striker in the game right now. He got the the, the award that shows it. Um, I, I don't know who doesn't count Real Madrid as favorites for the Champions League again this year. Uh, I honestly do. So I feel like uh, what, to not man? to not what, to man? not count them as favorite. What you about to say, Mark? Go ahead, man. Go ahead, talk. Barcelona man. miracles happen, bro. Oh man! All right, yeah, but this is uh, they. This is they. This is their. This is their. Their joint. Yeah, they live for this shit, no doubt. Yeah. This is their tournament. <laughs> what Jamar called it, the Madrid Invitational. Yeah, I mean, basically, is I mean, there's no, it's not even close <laughs> when it comes to who has the most wins. So, I need yeah. Mo Salah to exercise all the demons. Oh no! Again, you think you think you think some magic is gonna happen? Like how y'all did? It Barcelona? was some juju. It was some juju on us today. Shit. Uh, yeah, that that Benzema. You, yeah. you should find out what's under the tape. I'm to tell you, man. Hey, the Egyptian juju, the Pharaoh juju. You might need to be calling them up. Mm, the ancient spirits, huh? The ancient yeah, gods. Yeah, the, the ancient gods. Yeah, you call should, on all of them. Call on Ryan, all of them. I don't know if they got anything for the brothers with cuts in their eyebrows. He from. I don't know if they got anything for Vinicius, man. <laughs> Oh man, but what do you guys think? Let me ask y'all this, Marcus. You could start it off. Um, you mentioned Luka Modric playing so well, 37 years old, one of the best players of his generation. It's interesting to see the contrast between how he's playing and Jordan Henderson at 32. Obviously, they don't have the same exact type of career, different injuries and things, but 
What do y'all think about that? The engine room of You're Real Madrid. Sick. I mean, what do, you think, what do you think you, about it? Why, why are you comparing an individual yeah. to Luka Modric? I agree. I mean, didn't on, Jordan Henderson win? Man. That's not didn't, fair. Didn't Henderson win player of the year in England? I mean, Sportsman you know, of the and year. And where? For Liverpool? Like Sportsman of the year. He won. <laughs> what, he won player of the year? A player of the month? Uh, he won. I mean, what did he won, <laughs> bro? He, he won gentleman of the year, man. What's the highest goal for the sport of the season? What's his going to six count? I need to know that. My five. He had six one year with Liverpool 2014-15 season, you know. Six goals or six altogether or six angles? Six goals in the league, you know. Come on, guys. This is England Player of the Year 2019. Football Writers Footballer of the Year 2020, man. Liverpool well, I, fans player this season 2020. Are you <laughs> football right now or are you, are you stating this is This is his resume. Two-time uh-huh. Sunderland Young Player of the Year. Liverpool Young Player of the Year. Wait, wait. From Liverpool the- Young Player of the Year? What year was it? <laughs> 2012, man. <laughs> was this oh, when God. him and... Uh, when Pluto was out. Bellamy? Pluto. When, when him and Bellamy and all came to Liverpool? Yeah, you know. Holding it down. <laughs> oh, my God. They say yeah, nah. some people say he's the greatest captain in Liverpool captain, history, bro. man. They nah, say he's, he's I mean, but it's he, not that he, he is. He got he got he got championships. Yeah, he do, but but his I don't think it's necessarily disrespecting him. It's like like Clay said, it's like how can you compare you can't compare those two? It's like come on, man. That, that don't make that, <laughs> I that's, that's what he's saying. He's talking about athleticism. And I'm talking about old men, you know, still starting for their midfield. But one guy is barbecue chicken, one's still looking good. I mean, hey, yeah, man, I would. So I would, I take the bait on that. Out to me, I feel like the difference is if they kind of play different roles, and it seems like also Modric play in that messy game. I'm not going to run into the second half like when it when it kind of mattered more to me because he did. That's when he took over in my in my opinion. That yeah, when they I came, I won't call it a messy thing. I think with um bro, Messi be jogging. Nah, man, fuck Messi, bro. Oh, One here you go. About, uh, <laughs> when it comes to like Madrid and the Champions League is, and I'll say this when it comes to like a lot of big teams that have won in the Champions League, and you know, Liverpool does this too. It's like you have to know when to play. Like you could you could sit back for a good 10 minutes, but you gotta know like between like each 15, 20 minutes, like you gotta do something. So I think Modric knows when to read the game, when to go, and when to sit, like when to push a team up and like get that counterattack and also when to like really just dictate the the style of play. So that's why I'll say like he's completely different of a player than than Henderson. And I won't say that he's lazy. I think with him, he just knows when to go, I, when to well, like, no, you know, so he's lazy. I'm just saying like, as an older man, he know when to run. But I would yeah. say to tell you what you're hey, saying, you're all right. that is they lead different. Yeah, they lead the game differently. Pendo trying to bring you energy to try to keep Trent focused, try to keep all the younger players focused. Well, Madras is doing that by his play in a sense. And come on, I'm tired of that fucking like cross <laughs> from deep from him. Though. Bro, I don't, I don't know why Henderson is the one being expected to keep up the intensity. The, the nigga is 37. I know he's not a sprinter. I know he don't Being be outside Mod- in the club. Henderson's 32, man. He, he, he's oh, that dead. Oh, my God. I mean, you saw so him 18. And also, he's, he's 37, 38. Modric is 37. And, and real quick, Marcus, you are very right. I'm looking at his football reference stats. Hey, man. Luka Modric is in the second percentile in tackles and blocks. 
No, no, no effort. Relax. <laughs> the 25th percentile interceptions. I might get there yep. once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> that brother is cooling on the defensive work rate. But that's smart, right? You you count that as smart. And also, yeah, how hey, many it's probably the injured? tactic. Yeah, right. How many times has he been injured in his career? I don't think he's really had that big of an injury hit record. Uh, so, like Henderson's been injured a lot. Yeah, a so lot that, of that's going to that's definitely going to take you down a little bit. For he's a sure. track star. <laughs> uh, before we go into the other Champions League match, let's go a little back in time. Claytis, you referenced Southampton. Uh, your boy struggled against them. Why don't you let us know? How you guys got clean sheeted at home by the worst team in England? Uh, uh, yep, ladies and gentlemen, Chelsea Football Club. That is, I don't know. I don't know how we're about to do goal of the month. I don't know how we're about to do player of the month. I don't, I don't know. But once again, another dry game from Chelsea. No real creativity. Just a bunch of players running around and trying to look fancy. The only player that, that I have hopes for is Ja Felix. Again, that's because... He has football knowledge as opposed to the rest of the team. Um, yeah, Mason Mount, I hate to say it, but he's on a decline, and I don't think it's down to him. It's kind of, I will say more so, like, our style of play and just how, like, the coach has him right now. It's just, it doesn't bring out the best in his game. Let me get that. No. You, you about to turn him into Henderson 2.0. Good. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like, um, I really don't see much from us in attack. Um, I feel like we had a few good chances, especially towards the end of the game. We were a bit more um, more lively, more trying to be more creative. But, again, we don't have a striker. We really aren't, like, attack-minded. It's just a shit show, bro. It's, it's fucking shit. Like, just watching the last 20 minutes of that game, all I did was laugh. <laughs> I just kept rolling gas and just kept laughing because it's like everything that we do just looked – just it's just like it's either forced or it just doesn't look right and then like even talking to Mike say he was saying um you know these players haven't played together so there's no cohesiveness I'm like bro I'm not I'm not reading into that I'm not believing that you're you guys are professional football players you've been paid millions of dollars and it's like I don't want to put this on all the new guys there's also guys that have been there for quite a while who aren't performing as well and you can't say is because you have new players in the team. You feel me? Like when you have new players, you're supposed to be easily, you should be like able to adapt to them like very quickly. Smart players know how to play with each other. Like there's no, mm. I need to adjust you. Like, you know, off rip, like, all right, yeah, I could play with you. Like, you feel me? But at Chelsea, you know, there's, there's a lot of missing pieces. There's a lot of low confident players. There's a lot of players who don't care. Um, I thank God that Aspie, you know, wasn't seriously injured over the weekend, but, um, he's he's a shit show. He could leave as well. Only oh, positive is that we have yeah, Conte Captain. back. He can rock. Um, we have Conte back, but you guys know how I feel about Conte. I love Conte, but if you get that thirty mil from PSG from, I'm taking that pronto. But yeah, overall, you know, another sad weekend to be a Chelsea fan. You know, um, 2026 is hey, is my aim what? for. For a wow, whoa, <laughs> yeah, what that's I'll, I'll be 50 by 2026. I think, hey, man. yeah, you know, I've told everybody, you know, we like honestly, it's for us to even be able to compete next year, it's going to take a lot for us. We have to do a lot in the summer to be able to compete with the United's, even the Newcastle's, the Arsenal's, the cities, the Liverpool. Like, 
you know, it's, it's going to be a lot. And hopefully maybe 25, we might seem to be picking it up. And then 26, we might be able to get back in the Champions League. Hey, real quick. Hey, Dan, real quick. Hey, Clay, so how do you feel about reports saying that the board has Potter's back and they're going to be patient with uh, you over the preseason? I'm just saying, hey, look. And Potter said it ain't my Sometimes fault you... they, this team stinks. Don't blame me. <laughs> Hey, yeah, but part of he's been said like recently he's like you know everything is coming together we're just missing a little bit of luck and I don't know what game he'd be watching but you know luck is what I call when you have like ten shots on goal and nothing is going in or you have like fifteen shots on goal maybe you score one goal but we're not doing that either so I don't know what kind of luck he's looking for but yeah I even ever seen the statement where they're saying you know we're looking to back him but. That's another thing. Like, if we're looking to back him long term, then again, 2026 should be the deadline that we might be relevant again. Mm. Wow. I dig it. I even, dig even it. The players, even the players that we bought, um, it looks like some of them are going to be going on loan. Um, I know Baby Drogba is going to be going on loan in the next couple of months. Hey, I know like man. other players are going on loan. So it's like, what the fuck was the point of buying these people? Andre Santos has to go on loan to Pomerish or something because he can't get a work yeah. permit from the UK. Yeah, it's it's a geek, but hey, we move, we move because I think you guys are gonna do something interesting next week. I see you guys have already put the juju in and hurt Kareem Adiemi, uh, the yeah, Dortmund baller. Yeah, he scored another goal and he got hurt, unfortunately. Looks like he'll miss the second leg against Chelsea. So I think you guys will take advantage of that and advance to the quarterfinal. But that'll be interesting to see. Um, I can talk about Arsenal real quick. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm happy you're playing right now because, like I said, when Gabriel Jesus got hurt, hey, we gave you a new contract. You wanted number 14. Let me see what you're made of. You started well. Then it looks like teams figured you out. Now you can't score simple goals. You almost caused us to lose. We needed a miracle. Your boy, Jorginho, <laughs> shot outside the box, took advantage of the opportunity. We go up 3-2. Martinelli closes at the end. Um, it was a crazy game. Bukayo Saka, I got to salute him. He puts the team on our back, every, on his back every game. He is the only guy that you can rely on right now. Arsenal, even when Gabriel Jesus was healthy, we didn't have a dependable score like how United has right now with Rashford. You can depend on that brother to score. Zinchenko scored his first goal and <laughs> his first Premier League goal. That's crazy, right? So, I mean, we needed some uh, crazy things to happen. Luckily, we were able to take advantage of it. Ali Watkins and Coutinho scored for them. It was a tough game. Eventually, we pulled through. It didn't look like we would because we both had five shots on target, but Arsenal had 20 damn shots to their seven, and it was ridiculous. But, hey, luckily, we held on and won. Got a little extension at the top because... City dropped some points to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Anthony, what did you think about that match? We actually kicked it and watched it uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I feel like um, 
the whole the whole match, you probably saw my face getting drier and drier, knowing exactly what was about to happen. Um, I, <laughs> I was about to say I was about to smoke on some Nottingham Forest pack, if y'all know what I mean out there. <laughs> but I, luckily, I didn't say that too. Luckily, I didn't say that too soon, if you know what I'm saying, because it turned out I ended up smoking on that three, two, four, one pack. And that shit needs to die. That's all <laughs> I got out of that. Pep needs to rethink the formation. Yeah, I don't know if we can recall Cancelo back, man, hey. or something. We hey, we we need help. The lineup from now on should be a key. Uh Diaz, Akanji, and Walker or Rico Lewis. I don't care. Little kid can stay out there. I just want a back four, man. Four through four through three, man. Oh, just, oh. just keep it. Keep it simple. You, you, back, you back on a little Philip Lom now? Hey, man, anything that will have a back four back there, I don't <laughs> care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Anthony's it could be Rico, kidding. Aki, Akanji, and Walker. I don't care. I need four people back there at all times. I do not need to see Bernardo Silva playing left back. I do not see, need to see that no more. Coming tomorrow. Saw, yeah, you saw what Pep said, Anthony. <laughs> he said that uh, – he said, hey – Bernardo isn't a left back, but he's a very good defender. And hey, we did this with Zinchenko and Fabian Delph. I think he thinks this is his new trick. But we yeah. our special guest is here. Go ahead, uh, Anthony. How do you feel about him? It sounds like Pep won't back down. No, nah, I don't. I I think that's nasty. I think that's Pep realizing he geeked it by selling. Or loaning out Cancelo, selling Zinchenko. Now a key is good, but he has other. He he don't have another left back to do this with. And Bernardo is that guy. I what did else? bring that up about like two weeks ago that a substitution should have been made. I forgot the match, but I was like, yo, instead of Rico Lewis staying on, he should have went off. Bernardo could have played his position in that double pivot with Rodri and yada yada yada. Um, I think it was when we uh. We end up losing the Tottenham when we drew the Tottenham in the second match, and he took Mares off, and that shit was geeky. But since then, B Bernardo don't need to play that position, yo. I'd rather see that little kid and Bernardo playing forward, or we just the back forward. I'm trying to tell you, that shit is nasty. It's <laughs> disgusting to look. At. What about Sergio? It's, Gomez? it's really like he is playing a video game. What about oh, Sergio? Gomez? Gomez? He's <laughs> he, he's a good backup. Hey, Gomez. At left back, a key center back, a kanji, and Rico Lu. I don't care. Just give me back four. I'll give you different variations of a back four. I just want a back four, man, with Bernardo not included. Hey, how did you feel about Pep saying, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne and Laporte are ill? That's why they weren't on the Champions League squad. John Stones, though, no, that's a straight drop. We don't need that boy. What's up with that? Hey, he kept it 100. The fans should be pleased. Like, okay, K KDB is just sick. Stones, yeah. I, I, hey, my back four variations, I would have got the Stones in probably like the fifth the fifth variation. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I thought he was having a resurgence. I thought he was, yeah. uh, I thought he was like, like last year he was balling. What he's he's good. Life? I don't know. I, I, hey, after we got a kanji, hey. I, don't, I don't know who else is there, man. You know what I'm saying? A kanji hey, took man. like three player spots. You know what I'm saying? I, only, I, <laughs> I think Ruben not. Diaz has to sign a petition to get there, get in, <laughs> get in the lineup now. For real. Yeah. Yeah, kanji was, yeah, was a good signer for y'all. Yeah, so. For sure. That's all. 
right, hey, we welcomed by our special guest, La Liga correspondent, reigning Spanish champion, reigning European champion, reigning world champion, one-fourth of the Ring Culture podcast. Jamar, how you feeling, man? Oh, oh, hey. I'm feeling real good, man. Yeah, I'm feeling real (laughs) crazy. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. Five two, five two, man. Uh, let us know your thoughts in that match. What did you think about it when you guys went down two nil, and you always kept the faith? You weren't nervous, so how did you feel about the resurgence? Oh, I mean. I mean, we was talking about this on Thursday, Dan. Like, my team is used to being down. It's like when we went down 2 0, and all honestly, bro, I was very calm because I've seen my team, like I was telling you, not even just from last year, since I've been a Real Madrid fan, bro. Like, we find a way to come back. We find a way to win. Even if we don't win, we find a way to tie. I don't know. We just have a gear that I don't think anybody in the world has where, like, when it comes to fighting till the end of a match, that's what we do. We fight until the very end of a match. So when we went down 2-0, very in as early as it happened, I, I wasn't concerned. I wasn't expecting five or nothing like that. I was expecting to win, like on two, one, three, two type deal, like one goal close. But like, yeah, it, it just got out of hand very fast. And, you know, I mean, I ain't going to complain, you know, too much. But yeah. Yeah, was, it's crazy. It was crazy because for some reason, I thought Liverpool would win today because I was like, both teams are. On form, Real Madrid's form is better, but I don't know. I felt for the I felt for the Anfield magic, and that thing didn't phase nobody. But Jamar, what do you think brings that confidence in the team? Because we were talking about a couple of days ago in our group chat about the different leadership styles different coaches might have to inspire their team. How would you describe Ancelotti's leadership style and how he's able to always maintain his composure and make the right tactical changes for you guys to do these comebacks. Now I will say Carlos substitutions and things like that after the half, that that's some of the best I've ever seen, especially over this past, his, this stint, like whenever he makes a sub, they always tend to do something that impacts the game directly, score a goal, get a tackle, get an assist, something like that. But I, I don't even think that's a coach thing as far as us having the will to fight. Because, like I said, I've been seeing this since I've been a fan back in 2013. And we done had Zizou, Rafa, um, Carlo, and I'm trying to remember. I know we had somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm Rio. Jose, you already know. Oh, no, nah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I'm no, I, for, I know who you're thinking about. I'm, you're like, after when they got like, Solari and yeah, after after yeah, rocked up the first time, like Zizou, no, rocked. oh Solari, yeah, Solari, that's what yeah, I'm talking Solari, about. Yeah, Solari, yeah. <laughs> when you when you first started watching Madrid, you were watching Jose Mourinho's Real Madrid. Oh yeah, but but see, that's what wait, I'm I, when I became a fan fan 2013, I'm talking about at that the beginning of the season, so the 2013 2014 season. That's when Carlo became my coach. Yeah, like I was so, watching games beforehand, but I didn't officially declare myself a fan until oh. that summer. 
because I was just fucking with Cristiano, so I I, I wasn't yeah. really a fan. I was just fucking with Cristiano. Then I had a conversation with Dan, yeah, and Dan convinced me to stay with Real. And yeah, remember days that like you would run through the house screaming, "Cristiano, we're the best team." I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, I, was I lying? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Go back. <laughs> no, you wasn't, man. You was telling the truth. But facing forward, you have a second draw at the Santiago Bernabal, a.k.a. the White House, as you called it. Are you confident that you guys will close the door on Liverpool, or do you think it can get tricky? Um. Actually, I think we will because Vinny, I just seen uh, this joint. Vinny's already talking about we're going to treat it as 0-0. And I've never seen us trick off something like that in the group stages, three goals in our own crib. And then even in this game, I like the back line that we use, but this was the first time that they played together in a real game. Like that back line of Carvajal, Alaba, Rudiger, Emilia Tau, that was the first time that this back line has played together. So I like it, to be honest, but, you know, there was still some mistakes, still some getting used to what, what they really do, you know. But I, I'm calm, bro. Like, three goals is a lot to overcome in our crib. Like, yeah. And it's no more like a way goal difference. Well, if it was an away goal difference, we, we would have, like, sealed it for sure. But, nah, like, three goals is just a lot to overcome. And we're not the type of team to, like, just let it happen. Now, if Liverpool, Liverpool come out smacking like they don't give a fuck, drop a goal here, drop a goal there, pronto like how they did in today's match, then all best is off. But I don't, I don't like we, we both had goals within our first two goals where it was like goofy, like, like fucking Courtois glitched and shit, his leg broke. And then fucking <laughs> um, um, Allison just kicked that joint like Vinny wasn't right in front of him. Man, he gave him a Brazilian parts. favor. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah, we both gave gave up those goals. So I don't see that shit happening again. And so I don't think it's gonna be get as hectic as it was today. I mean, all they're gonna have to do is sit back and relax, hit them on the counterattack again. I think that's the best thing they can do to to keep Liverpool off of them a little bit, because I'm sure they're gonna do like they did today. Let them hold possession, hit them on the counterattack, and yeah, I I think they're gonna score a couple more goals on them. Yeah, but Liverpool pretty good on the counterattack too. That's how they was catching yeah, us. Yeah, they're the explosive beginning. as well. On yeah, the so it's it's, it's two counterattack teams. Like, yeah, that's how they. Well, I don't know if they necessarily a counterattack team, but, but I know we are. Like, we we always play counterattack. Um, but yeah, they they was real explosive. You know, especially like coming through, like boom, bang, bow, pass, pass here, pass there, and then all of a sudden that motherfucker flying, motherfuckers wasn't communicating. And that's how they scored that first goal. That 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 was the, probably the best goal of the whole joint. That back heel, which yeah. yeah, for sure. Now, Jamar, I gotta ask you, closing up this segment, um, are you nervous about this Alaba injury? He's been dealing with a little, some little issues this uh... season. Didn't play in the Club World Cup, had a calf issue. Now they're saying maybe it's a right hamstring issue. We don't know how severe it is, but yes, I am worried, bro. He's one of the it's like we got out of our players, we got like five players who start every match. I don't give a fuck who we playing. The only time they sitting is when they resting, and he's one of them. Him, Benny, Benzema, Modric, and Courtois. Those are the four. Niggas and maybe even Valverde now. Them niggas, they play every game. 
if if they not playing, they either resting or hurt. So like not having him in that back line because I feel like he's the leader of the back line right now because he's yeah. the, he talks the most, he has the most experience. You know what I'm saying? He has the most cachet out of everybody in the back. So without him, we always seem a little bit more disheveled. And like with him on the pitch, he can do so much. He can go forward. He can defend. He can defend the the, the center back. He can defend the left back. Like. Like not having Alaba sucks. So thank you, Cletus. So yeah, <laughs> it's it, it sucks bad. I hope it's not severe because he's been in and out all fucking year, and that's one of the reasons we went on a slide. So yes, yeah. I'm worried. You know, I, was, I wasn't <laughs> gonna say nothing while you was you know addressing one of our greatest product from the academy, but I just want you to remember two <laughs> of the greatest. Products of a Barn Academy as your team. Sooner or later, you need to send them back. I mean, what to coach? Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, all right, bet. <laughs> nah, they we gonna we gonna run them out their primes, bruh. So yeah, I mean, you've already done it with Tony. Yeah, you know. By the He's... way, guys. By the way, Cletus is moving like Todd Bowley, trying to take claim for David Alaba when he was only in the academy for one season. Go ahead. <laughs> he comes from the academy. If you ask him, he's an academy player. So Hey, man, <laughs> shout out shout out SV Aspirin and Austria Wien, and his real academy teams, okay? He was in the <laughs> academy for two days. Hey, put some respect team, on Austria, Clay. Don't get yeah, talent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good boy, <man>. Yeah. <laughs> If you look in the Bayern Academy, he was in the academy for two years. Yeah, he was. He, he was there one season. He was two, there. Two years. Two years. The, the second well, yeah. Bayern, yeah. too. You know, I did. I did. I did. Ball clubs do that when they buy young young uh, prospects. They all claim have to, for being in well, the academy. Yeah, that's okay. When when you don't really produce nothing, you have to do that. I mean, you know, uh, when you yeah. really got boys in the academy, like Saka, he was there since he was eight. Come on. Chelsea. Oh damn, for real? Yeah, Chelsea, you yeah. played this. How long has Reece James been there? Yeah, come on, exactly. Oh, yeah. James been there since birth. Tenny's exactly. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I don't speak on academy shit. Real Madrid don't be having no academy. <laughs> I mean, uh, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> buy everybody. I mean, y'all do. Y'all do. They just not show y'all. Yeah. They don't be not Nacho. Because I be seeing in a football manager will be like, hey man, Real Madrid has produced the most. Their academy produced the most. I mean, footballers in Europe. I'm like, all right. Y'all even <laughs> produce the, the biggest scammer, the biggest, you know, fraudulent player uh, in the league uh, right now in Europe. Uh, Alvaro. Alvaro. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's <laughs> about Alvaro came straight from Madrid Academy. He did. I chose another one. You know, well, I mean, Sincio, right? Didn't Sincio come from the know, Academy? He goes Academy too. He was riding pine though. Alvarado was the backup. He was behind Benzema for sure. He was the straight up backup striker. He came from the academy, bro. Asensio's from the Mallorca Academy. Oh, okay. Thanks. No problem. Yeah, but um, let's go into something real quick, Marcus. Let's go back into y'all weekend because you might have helped United win their first trophy since 2017 by deleting Nick Pope. Uh, how did you feel about that 2-0 victory over Newcastle? And did you guys help United get a trophy on accident? First off, United, you you guys owe me. You guys owe the club. Nick Pope and the dude that's the backup. He can't even play for y'all, so they about to play with a dude probably out the street. Hey, man. 
Loris Car- uh, Carius, yeah. Oh, the model? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marcus, Marcus's <laughs> boy. See? Yo See the boys. Bro, stop, stop. I got PSD, P- PTSD, bro. Jamar in here, bro. Concussion, bro. Relax. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah that that was a that was a hot little game for a moment until Nick Pope took it upon himself to do that that wild shit. I mean he, he kind you know it was funny. I feel like Allison was inspired today. Uh, like I said that fourth goal, he was like Nick Pope got got a red. Let me show Nick Pope up. And Whoa. then Ben Benzema put him on the floor. <laughs> but but yeah. We 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 got them out the way. Uh, we got up two zip real quick, and then what was that? They, again, we kind of went on cruise control because they had shit ton of chances. That shit it was embarrassing. They had a yeah, shit they, ton of chances, and then we had more players. Yeah, they they definitely looked like they was, they was coming back in the game because uh they kept me glued for for a minute. For sure. Now, Ephraim, you got a couple matches to talk about. Two two with Barca, you guys held your own, played very strong. Could have won the match. Uh, for some reason, Xavi thought that joint was a walkthrough and rotated. Then he realized, oh, yeah, this is a big match. I should have played a stronger team. And then, of course, body and Leicester 3-0. So let us know about your weekend. Well, it's funny you say he should have played a stronger team because he still is losing two people, uh, two players for the, this match. I think Javi got, got a yellow card, so he's been suspended for this match. And then Pedri came out early in the first half uh, uh, with an injury. So yeah, he, he already he's down to. I mean, granted, he may not have played them again this time. So we'll see what his lineup is like. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was beautiful. It was uh, fun. Like I said in the chat, like we came out not scared at all. Like yeah, there was some nervousness. I get it from probably from both sides. Um, I think I think for some reason I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just I'm guessing here, but it seemed like Barcelona thought we were going to be like a you know, just sit back and not try to attack them and maybe just hit them on the counterattack, not try to, you know, really put something together. But now nah, we showed them that we weren't, we were there to, to, to get three points. Now we, we probably should have, um, honestly, at the end of the day, I think that Rafinha goal, which was a cross obviously to uh, Lewandowski, but it just went through everybody's legs. And, um, you know, other than that, I think we probably could have won the game. Um, so great game there. We can come up. First half looked shaky. Uh, you know, uh, De Gea kept us in the game. Could, definitely could have been down 2-3-0 maybe at halftime. But once again, look who shows up, Marcus Rashford. Uh, Bruno Fernandez on the right-hand side, give him a nice little assi- uh, assist. Marcus Rashford uh, hits it with a, uh, you know, near post uh, screamer right under the goalie's legs and uh, 1-0 at halftime. Second half, it was a totally different United. They came out, Jaden Sancho came in, um, played the 10 role, which was different for him uh, a little bit, uh, put Bob Weghorst back up at the top, uh, and Marcus, Marcus Rashford on the left-hand side. And, yeah, it just became a totally different game for some reason. So, yeah, uh, great weekend. Uh, got another game coming up in a couple of days against Barcelona again in the second leg. Then we got that game against uh, Newcastle in the weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. I think we're going to do the same thing. Like we're not going to be scared against Barcelona. Hit them, hit them hard. Uh, this weekend against uh, Newcastle, I think yeah, they just Nick Pope ain't in the game. Um, I don't know if anybody got injured or anything for Newcastle, but uh, um, 
but I'm excited to see what we can do against them uh, for the cup final. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. You already know I am. Glory, glory, man, United. Let's put an asterisk on that trophy. Slash. Oh, speaking of more glory, break it down. You got new owners on the way? Whoa. Hold on. I got a question. Y'all play Barca again, though, right? Yeah, Thursday. Oh, this Thursday coming up. Yeah. Oh, all right, bet. Get them out the way, please. <laughs> That's what's up. Yep. I do what you <laughs> best. I hope hope so. <laughs> yeah, speaking of them, loading. Yeah. Oof, man, it's gonna be interesting. So it's it's a lot of twists and turns coming up. So the Qatari thing, you know, a lot of United fans are on board with it. They want they want they want the uh city treatment. They want that new state. Well, a lot of them don't want the new stadium, they want old traffic to be upgraded. Um, I, I I don't know, right? I've never been there. I think Marcus, you said you've been there. You 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 didn't like it when you saw it. So, um, you know, I look. That stadium is trash. You got water <laughs> leaking from the roof. It doesn't look good. Old bro. Trafford. It, it yeah. wasn't as modern as uh every other club stadium. Uh, old I Trafford. Just yeah. bro, it be leaking water, bro. Oh, like it's it looks old, bro. It's not a modern stadium. I'm sorry. Oh no, the Arsenal. Real? Arsenal had the the cleanest cleanest uh stadium. Oh yeah, oh shit! All right, yeah. um, I'm being American. I'm probably all for like let's get let's get a new stadium. But you know, let you know the English over there they they want to hold on to the old stuff and nostalgia. I get that. Um, but as far as the ownership goes, yeah, it's a little twist here because uh, now it seems like the Elliot Group, the Elliot, uh, whatever they call the Elliot Consortium or whatever they are, uh, they they used to own uh, AC Milan. I heard they did a horrible job with them. Um, it looks like they want to back somebody, and it's all po- all fingers are pointing towards the Glazers and, uh, that they may be backing. So that got United fans up in arms, of course, because we already know how the Glazers have been getting their money by taking money out of the club. So, um, you know, they they're not too keen on uh, Ratcliffe either because they're scared he's going to use loans to to finance his uh, uh, his bid. So they all want the Qatari thing. They all want the, uh, you know, the big, big money splash. I guess the question is like sports washing, right? Is that going to be a thing or is it going to be a, a state owned team? Is it, so all these questions about those, you know, those things come up as well. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I honestly could see it leaning towards the Glazer staying in control because apparently one of the Glazer brothers wants to stay in control. He doesn't want to give up his piece of the team while the other, uh, uh, siblings want to sell the team. I could see it going that way. Um, just because why not, right? You know, people like that don't care what you think about them, they don't care that you know you talk trash about them or want them out. Look at how long like people like Dan Snyder's been in charge of the, of the Washington team in, in uh DC. Look at how long, um, you know, Cronky he was getting a lot of stuff from uh, Arsenal fans, I'm sure, but he ain't going anywhere, right? So these guys making this money don't they don't care about about what what fans are saying. They, they'll meet with fans. They'll have fan forums and meet with the you know the uh, MUST the must uh, uh, trust out in um in Manchester the fan the fan trust out there. But it don't mean anything, you know. As long as they can keep a hold of power, hold them, making money off the team, they're good. So I, I definitely see it leaning towards the uh, that that uh, Elliot group backing them to keep the team. So that's how I'm, that's my view on it. That's my opinion. At least I, I'd be happily surprised with something else. So Glazers out. Yeah. From even like what I'm reading, it seems like 
The Glazers want to keep power. They're just looking for like new investments um, in the company. And then another thing I saw is that they put out a stipulation where like all the new or everybody that's like proposing a bid to buy the team aren't allowed to bash the Glazers in the news or bash how the Glazers have been running the club, which what the fuck does that mean, bro? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like what, is it? like, what does that mean? Like, if they're proposing to buy the company, they should be able to state their current issue that they have with the current owner and then lay out their plans for the future. I don't see why that would be an issue. And they're going to get in, and to your point, they're going to get all their money tax free. <laughs> so, you know, they, their, their business addresses in the Cayman Islands. So, I mean, they'll be good. They might think it might damage their reference rep, uh, their PR with their other brands. They got, you know, they got that foot, they got the Buccaneers. So they might think people might not want to do business with them in that sense. True, true. Now, have y'all ever heard of a person that did legit business making moves at the Cayman Islands, or is it only sketchy homies? Trump. <laughs> You said Trump. <laughs> I said Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, yeah. No taxes. He's pretty sketchy. <laughs> so the answer is no. <laughs> uh man, speaking of sketchy business, man, a hey, Fenway Sports Group. Why are they playing games, Marcus? Bro, like I said in our chat. I know how you feel now with this crunky family. FSG is playing with us, bro. We like yeah. we like chess pieces, bro. The Red Sox, us. Then we got then they got some other little uh, soccer team as well. They're just filling us around, bro. And like I said, if Klopp could get half of what the Red Sox got, we have Jew and some. 90 mil for uh, a player from Japan. They they went 22, 32 mil for Kenley Jansen. Hey, 21 hey. For, for, for a player. Look 17. Look what he's looking at. Okay. <laughs> if we do the math, we can get three players. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. If you, that gonna, if you ain't going to invest, if they're not going to invest, sell the team, man. You know? Yeah. I feel you on that. Looking at spring training to figure out where the finances are going is not fun. Hey, relax. <laughs> Speaking of not fun, while we're here, Barkus, your team finally made a move. I know it's a basketball move, but just break it down. Nate McMillan, he's finally gone. Why did y'all do that to him, man? Hey, man, first off, much respect, Nate. I actually Whoa, had a chance. Listen to the PR voice. Whoa, go ahead. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> I actually had the chance to meet the man. He was he was a hell of a gentleman. You know what I mean? He spoke very well. Shit. I mean, he never said nothing negative about the team in the public, so I respect him on that. Um, I mean, if you watch the Hawks multiple games, I think you would see that the X and the O's lack with this NBA. He kind of said it in a sense earlier in the season that, you can't really play the, his style of defense in this NBA anymore because he wants people to be a little bit more physical. Yeah. And that that performance against Charlotte, when you let one of the worst defensive teams score 144 in your head top, yeah, they he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't stay, bro. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody calling Trey a coach killer, but you had you kind of yeah. This like, is his second coachy. This is his second coachy body. I forgot about my boy Lloyd that he took y'all to the outcast mural to bond. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll say this right. I got a question. Um, if you look at Nate history, has there ever been a time where he has like changed a, a team like? I feel like Indiana, they got stagnant as well, how like the Hawks yeah, did. That's and it's true. Like, it's like he he not the coach to take you to the next level. Like, but he can he can take a talented group to the playoffs, I feel like, and they can do something from there. Yeah, I feel so, you on that. J- Jamar. We, what I'm seeing, I was about to say, hold on, but what I'm yeah. what I am seeing is we looking at Quinn Snyder bringing him back because you know we used to have him bud. Uh, hey, we they looking at all the old coach bud coaches. What I'm saying, I don't know if that's gonna blend with Trey Young, but Jamar, what do you think uh, about Nate McMillan getting fired on his day off? I uh, say it like that. <laughs> I mean, they on vacation and he got slits. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's a. Uh... That's tough, but I mean, shit. When they try, I guess they try and make moves. I feel what Marcus saying. I I think he's a solid coach, but I feel what Marcus saying like he. I don't think he a, a championship level coach, but I don't think they they necessarily got a championship level team yet. So like, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't watching the Hawks like that, so Marcus probably know more than me. But I I mean, I fuck with Nate as far as like I know he's not an ass coach. You know what I'm saying, but. If they try and do some shit, I'd rather what I've seen. I'd I'd rather the team do that shit sooner than wait too late. Because when you wait too late, then it's like you like two, three years behind. But if you do it early, yeah, you may suffer some shit for the rest of the season. But at least you got a little head start into next season and shit. True, true. Now let's transition back to soccer. There was another Champions League game today. Napoli two. Eintracht Frankfurt nil. Victor Oshiman scored another goal. Giovanni Di Lorenzo scored the second. This game featured the two hottest strikers in Europe with Oshiman. He has over 20 goals in all competitions now. And then Randall Colo Moani, who's been balling. Uh, he has, I think, yeah, he has a double double, 10 plus goals, 10 plus assists in all competitions. Fortunately, he got a red card. Um, this game was interesting because they're like the hipster favorites right now in Europe. Napoli, y'all know they're running away with Syria. And it's interesting. Uh, Cletus, you mentioned how the homie Kvitschka Kavadashkilia, he missed the penalty. But I wanted to talk about him real quick and his position because I think it's very interesting that even though he's right-footed and plays on the left, he still maneuvers like a traditional winger. And as you see his chemistry with Alshiman, they're able to thrive. And one thing that I notice is that whenever people talk about how strikers aren't being developed like they used to and how the number 10 has dissipated from the game, we never talk about the importance and the impact of the traditional winger when it comes to creativity, playmaking, generating offense, we've kind of forgotten how important that player was to the buildup and the creation of goals. Because of the use of inside forwards and the false nine, 
that's taken away the space that the number 10 has operated in. But we still have players like my man KK who are still thriving. It's interesting the way he's used, especially uh, Anthony, you can speak to this. Remember, we were talking about Foden playing in his first match since the World Cup for his first start. And Pep talked about how he liked how Foden was aggressive playing the byline, but, you know, he's left-footed playing on the right wing. So what do you think, what do you guys all think about the use of wide players today and how they've kind of affected the way strikers are getting chances? You could start it uh, off, I like Anthony. The, yeah. I, I like the use of uh, inverted wingers, you know, um, the the opportunity to create goals. You know, somebody like uh, – Muhammad Salah, he's he's a good example um, for the Premier League, I guess. Uh, just cutting in on that left foot from the right side, man, that's dangerous. Um, Mares on my squad, that's somebody who was a boss for for us for a season or two. Just very consistent, doing that same thing. Um, but creation wise, for others, I can see how it would cause um a dilemma unless they were skilled on their their weaker foot to cross the ball in for sure and i got a list there was a graphic that came out like a few weeks ago about the leaders all-time leaders and assists and some of them were wingers so i just wanted to highlight some of them uh luis figo led la liga and assist three times um david beckham led the premier league and assist three times Di Maria led Portugal and assist once in uh, La Liga and assist once and the French league and assist twice. Ryan Giggs, most premier league assists. Um, Ribery led the Bundesliga and assist twice. So obviously these guys used to be the main creators. And of course, Ronaldinho led La Liga and assist once, led Serie A and assist once. Led the Brazilian Serie A and assist once and led Copa Libertadores and assist twice. And he led the Champions League and assist once. So these guys are very important. But Platus, what do you think about this? Because you talk a lot about how one-on-one -on -one game and individualism is going, being phased out the game by overcoaching. What do you think about the use of wingers today? I mean, I'll say as like the game progresses, you could tell that a lot of positions that we're used to watching growing up have died out. So especially like a creative number 10 is dying out. Um, a lot of the wingers are dying out as well. But for a striker to be, you know, a striker and for them to reach the heights that they want to reach those 20, 30 goal marks, um, you need you need a winger. Like there's no way around it. You need a winger. If you take a look at Lewandowski at Bayern, you know, those past couple of years, he was able to be so successful because you had really, really good wingers who were able to create and were able to find them, whether it's 1v1 or if he's in a crowd, like they're able to find them. So I think it has hurt a lot, a lot of strikers like recently because most of them don't have like a creative wingers or they might just have like a, a, a really good number 10, but they don't have that full offensive team that we're used to seeing in the past. So, yeah, like, if you look all around Europe, like, a lot of strikers, they don't have wingers. Like, it's either the wingers or the strikers now, or you have, like, wingers who are introverted who kind of come into the middle and play as a striker. But besides that, like, 
there isn't a lot of pure wingers nowadays. If you go to Bayern Munich, yeah, you have a lot of wingers. Um, you have KK over at Napoli. You know, there's a few wingers here and there, but they're not being produced at a high level like they used to be in the past. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why a player like Usman Dembele is beloved so much because he is a traditional winger who is an excellent playmaker. Y'all saw when Aubameyang pulled up <laughs> to La Liga last season, it was like in a three-month span, Dembele just kept collecting assists and he ended up leading La Liga in assists. So you can see his creativity and he he's both-footed. He can play on both flanks. He's a rarity, but I think that is a, a position that we do need. And Ephraim, what do you think about it? Especially now that Sancho's back in the team, we see Rashford, he's the most on fire inside forward in the game right now. Bruno be playing out wide sometimes. What do you think about that role? I think, you know, the advent and I guess the, not say advent, but I guess the uh, uh, emphasis now on a lot of attacking uh, uh, fullbacks is one of the reasons why we have a decline, I guess you could say, of the creative winger. I mean, look at, you know, I, I brought him up a little bit last week. I said somebody like Luke Shaw, you know, I'm going to bring him up because I watch him a lot. So, you know, he's been he's been killing it on the left on the left hand side right now. Creative, you know, creatively, excuse me. Um, you know, so I think because we have a lot of these attacking. I mean, look at Cancelo, right? Uh, who else can we name? We can name a whole bunch of different, you know, like going yeah, back to Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Absolutely. These guys, these guys can play out on the wing, which allows your very talented wingers, quote unquote wingers, to go more inside and be more inverted. Um, And then you'll have like like a lot of teams now, especially the ones that like to hold possession. They'll have, you know, they'll they'll switch them. They'll have like where they'll have the winger on the outside and they'll invert the uh, the fullbacks uh, to play more of a midfield role in a way. So. So I don't. So, I yeah, I can see what you're saying as far as like the the assist heavy wingers aren't probably aren't as uh as big as they used to be but that i think that's also because you have a lot of teams that will push up their fullbacks a lot into the attack uh and to allow more of an attacking option with their wingers to come inside and be more inverted and play more as a striker sometimes especially if you have a striker that can play as a false nine or that 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 drifts out wide on each side so I think that's the reason why. So, I, so yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, they're kind of dying out as far as like being creative, as you know, with assists. Um, at the same time, you got you know, you just have those those creative um, um, uh, fullbacks now. So they're they're taking the place of the winger in a way. I think, in my opinion. And also, you can go off of like what Ephraim just said. Um, a lot of wingers nowadays are being molded into left backs and right backs or left wing backs. Uh, for instance, Alfonso Davis, like. If you also see his his highlights before he came to Bayern, before when he was at the MLS, yeah, he was a winger, bro. You would think that he's coming as like the next it winger, like because he was he is as a winger, he has a full package. Like he's he's a Coleman, but a little bit more like I don't want to say next, but like he just has a little bit more spark. You feel me? But like that's the thing. Like a lot of wingers nowadays are being transformed into like left wing bags or left right back because they feel like they offer more for the team in that position. But realistically, I feel like we're just cutting out a position that's more vital for a striker than the team as a whole. Agree. And one more thing, and I'll, and I'll bring United up one more time, like Aaron Wamasaka, right? You would never think 
he was a winger before he was a fullback, right? That, that's another example. And granted, he's not the most uh, attacking, you know, he doesn't have the best crosses or anything like that. And you wouldn't necessarily mistake him for a winger, uh, like some of these uh, left backs and uh, right backs and left wing backs and things. You could kind of see that in them, but you know. But anyway, just to my to 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 the point of yeah, a lot of these guys have been converted from you know an attacking position uh, to a defensive position. Hey, and I gotta, I gotta. My perspective is a bit different. I'm gonna blame it on Pep and Klopp. They set <laughs> the standard. Think about it. They set the standard with their tactics. They set the standard with their tactics in the Premier League. I would say I'm not gonna say in every league, but in the Premier League wise. They said the tactics. Your fullbacks better be able to, to make cross, crosses from deep. They're going to overlap. Your wingers better be able to score goals. They better be able to cross in. So everybody did that. Think about Your coach said it openly in the documentary. Yeah, we want to be like Liverpool in three to four years. And the team is built similar to how we were first built. Like, that's what I look at it. I mean, and then also like the copycat league and that, and nobody want to be, and like how you said, you don't want to be creative. But I also think the tall winger is coming back a lot. I see that a lot overseas in in the Italian league and in um, Germany. I don't know about the Premier League, though. Yeah, that shout out the wide target man and football manager. <laughs> hey, Jamar, what do you think about this? Because your team is very interesting. You had Kareem Benzema, who basically played as a false nine for many years for Cristiano. Then he asserted himself as the dominant goal scorer in your team. This year, he's taken a little bit of a step back, and Vinicius has continued to shine. What do you think about Vinicius's uh, role in the team and his form going forward with that position as the inside forward? I mean, I, I think it's due to like, because I remember it's a conversation and uh, we was having in the chat, uh, do a lack of strikers too, like true strikers. Um, so if you have a winger, right, wingers usually kick the ball to the strikers and they, you know, score. And also so another blame I would also say is a nigga like Cristiano. Like, niggas like Cristiano come aboard. Now niggas want to play the wing. That's all they care about, playing the wing, doing that dancing shit, coming in, coming out, <laughs> yeah. scoring too. You know what I'm saying? And he, you see how a lot of players now, they say that they looked up to Cristiano. He's a winger. Niggas want to play on the wing and shit like that. But I think Vinny, um, he's he's passing and scoring. Um, so he's kind of doing both. And I think he's developing well. Um to be honest with you, um, especially moving forward, I, I just I would still prefer to have a striker, to be honest with you, not to depend really on the forward because I think like a striker, it, even, even there, if you're having a true striker, he draws so much attention in the middle. It like opens up so much for everybody else. So, But I also think like that forward position, like it's it's – it's advanced because of because of I feel like you know niggas changing the mode and niggas wanting to be forwards and it's it's like that speed, that ability to pass the ball, ability to make defenders miss, especially on that corner. You can do so much and draw so much attention. So I can see how uh, that's it's kind of moving in that direction. But you know I I still think Vinny 
and he's moving forward well, but he still has Benzema. He still has niggas who can do a lot of things around him to help him out. So even as he is developing, it's still a lot of attention drawn on other niggas as well. So For sure. I just think it's, it's more of a combination and everything like that. Yeah, man, I dig that. Now, before we go, I got to say rest in peace to Christian Atsu. Um, he passed away February 6th. Um, if you guys aren't aware, there was been terrible earthquakes going on in Turkey. Uh, it's been sad. Um, he was seemed to be at his office. Also, Syria, they've experienced earthquakes, seemed to be at the headquarters of the team he played for, Hataspor the headquarters and it's unfortunately they found his body a few days ago he was only 31 years old he was a talented young player he was um voted the best player in AFCON 2015 we lost that uh final to Ivory Coast on penalties and ironically the last player to win Best player of AFCON for Ghana was Abede Pele in 1992. And we also lost the Ivory Coast in penalties that year in the finals. So Atsu was a talented player, very crafty, left-footed. Y'all know I'm biased towards left-footed players, but he was a talented player. He will be missed, man. He had a very good career. Some people feel like, hey, maybe he didn't maximize it based on his potential, but hey, he was still playing the game he loved and able to take care of himself and his family. Um, he will be missed. There's a big funeral going on in Ghana form. A lot of players, former teammates are coming out to honor him. My champagne goal of the week, I'll set it off, is Mohamed Kudu scoring a free kick, his first free kick of his pro career and under his shirt. He had R.I.P. Atsu on it. The referee didn't give him a yellow card because he knew what he was trying to do, honor his countrymen. So that was beautiful. And it also is crazy because Atsu's last goal that he scored was a free kick. So rest in peace, Christian Atsu. But uh, what's your champagne goal of the week? Mine is going to be uh, uh, Thibaut Courtois. And Allison Becker, both bumbling some cup. Uh, yeah, hey, yeah, those are my champagne goals. Hey, yeah, that's, that's right. That's, that's I, dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that was wild, though, how that shit happened. Both of them, like Courtois, like fucking look glitchy, and Allison just kicked that joint right to Vinny. That shit was next. I ain't never seen no shit like that before. Today. What's your champagne goal of the week, Jamar? Shit, for real, homie. Uh, in the game. In the day, Nunez, that back hill joint, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I yeah, say that's my champagne gold. Cletus, what you got? Um, you know, my team doesn't really score goals anymore, so I'm gonna go with Mbappe's uh first goal when he went through like the two defenders, split the defenders. Oh, yeah, crazy. that was crazy. Can't be stopped. <laughs> nice. Marcus, are you going with the Nunez back hill again, or you got something different up your sleeve? Uh, I'm gonna go with that Napoli go. Oh, when okay. KK, 
KK back here, and I don't even know who homie was, cleaned it up. And you know, I got to put respect on you know, my boy Batman Max getting on the board. <laughs> Anthony, what you got? Man, I'm going to have to go with that screamer goal from my left back, Bernardo Silva, that uh, <laughs> allowed, us, allowed us to get a point over the weekend. Hey, salute. Hey, man, in the club, All-Stars, since you weren't my champagne goal to week, Grandpa Messi, you can come in the club with me. Game-winning free kick. What a banger. You're doing your thing. Mbappe, you know you in the club with me, too. Ephraim, who you in the club with? Sorry to keep piling it on, Marcus, but I'm I'm bringing Real Madrid after the day. So, <laughs> all out Madrid. <laughs> yeah, Jamar, I know you in the club with your squad. I'm out Madrid. <laughs> Anthony, who you in the club with? Pep and uh, some tactic books? Nah, man, I'm actually in the club with Benzema. I'm trying to do some investigation on that tape. Oh, man, sick. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, who you in the club with? We got uh kudos and grandpa uh IU for the respect they put on Atsu. We we're gonna drink, we're gonna drink our sorrows away. I'm drinking away this Champions League loss. I got a game in hand, man. Top four still alive. I dig it. Claytis, who you in the club with? Killy Killy, Killy Killy Mbappe. <laughs> it's only right. Hey, that was a hey, this was a great episode, man. I hope y'all have oh man. Before we leave, I almost forgot the MLS is back this weekend. Marcus, do you have something for us, my friend? Wipe that sleep up out your eyes, fellas. It's back again, man. And this year, we coming already with some hot news, man. Fellas, breaking news, first day shit. New playoff format. We we got uh we got more teams in the league last year. So it's 15 on the east, 14 on the west. And it's gonna be uh 18 teams getting in out of the 29 total. Yeah, we we turn into uh what is the the Liga X right now? It's looking <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, it's looking ugly. Okay. Sounds like the NBA, man. Twenty of the thirty teams make the postseason now because of you know the playing tournament. Oh yeah, they got a play in. Eight eighth oh, and ninth gonna have a play in. Yeah. And, and the other rule is the semi, I think it's the semifinals. I gotta check. Or the quarterfinals is gonna be a three game series. But the final is still gonna be a one off. Wait, yeah. you mean like a, a- what <laughs> yeah yeah hey, man. yeah the mls is swapping rules every month right now they clown i see it's, it's really getting crown uh clown on uh social media but hey everybody team did a couple moves you know i'm an ata united fan so big news was joseph martinez got bought out and he went to miami sicko um you know it's a it's still a lot of moves going on because i, I MLS window don't close yet. Um, but 
Uh, we got a new striker in town. The Greek, I cannot pronounce his name. I'm going to the game this weekend, and I'll learn it then. Um, we got the brother Etienne Jr., um, who played for Columbus last year. And we also got some guy named Barry from D.C. United. He will be on the bench because he only has <laughs> 10 goals in, like, 32 games. Um, hey, just getting started. Uh, we got a lot of young talent on ATL. So we're going to. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm live in effect in the in the um uh, in the bins. We gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a nice little report come next week. Got a, a a shit ton of games. The champions uh plan. What's that? Who did they? Hold on, let me check who the champions got. They got Columbus. So uh, I mean, no, 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 they don't have Columbus shit. Uh, they have the LA Galaxy. So it's Battle of LA. We popping it off on Saturday at nine thirty p.m. Oh, we prime time this year, bro. We prime time. We we not playing for bro. The schedule for this year is 4 30, 7 30, 8 30, and 10 30. But we prime time, fellas. All on that Apple ESPN TV, money. right? Oh, I thought it was oh, yeah, all yeah, on Apple, Apple TV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Apple. It's Apple. So Anthony, are we going to DC United this year? Yeah, we may walk down on a couple of matches, man. <laughs> Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk to Wayne Rooney. Yeah, that's that's gonna be our way to get over uh to England, man. But they gonna be he's gonna be like, man, these guys <laughs> champagne soccer podcast dropped me, gave me some tactics, y'all. Like, y'all gotta listen, listen to him. Don't y'all make sure sh- y'all just make sure y'all y'all talk about who defended him on the first episode of the champagne soccer, mm. even though pretty bad. I know, I know, I know. Hey, man, me and Dan got them coaches' badges on the way. Hey man, yeah, we gonna go to the guy in the FA, man, because the US is acting crazy. 4K, take it easy. Yeah, I was sick. Um, but yeah, mate. Um, this year we're gonna have uh our guy from uh Cladis. We're trying to get him to make make him watch uh DC United. And um, like I said, their biggest move to me, they got a bunch of washed Premier League players, aka Ben Teke. Um, we're gonna see what he doing <laughs> the MLS. Um, and like I said, we're gonna see this first week. We're gonna report back Muk Muktar. Let's see if you can defend that that golden boot crown in the MLS, dog. So, hey, be out for the MLS minute, man. For sure. Good looks, man. Glad to be back with the MLS. I will watch games this year. I will I will get Apple TV and tune in. Ephraim, yeah, you got thing. Yeah, you got the what what team is in your area? The rap hold on, the Rapids? Rapids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kroenke owns them, I think, too, man. Ooh, I, think, hey, man. I think you're right. Uh, I'm going I'm to go yeah. check out a couple matches. I got some people out here that want to go, so I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and check out a couple matches, especially when D.C. come to town. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah that will be cool for sure. Hey, man, thanks to everybody tuning in. And before we go, what we got to do, Marcus? And keep them pinkies up, man.